Hi, superheroes. Welcome back to Follow at Work, where we explore how we can help women who feel stuck in their careers develop a work life that excites them and makes every day feel like a Friday. Today, I want to share another story with you about my past. And this one is another one that's a bit difficult for me to share, but I find that I refer to it a lot in a lot of conversations and people don't understand the context. So this is the time when, this is the second time where I was housing, um, housing optional. Um, I'm careful about using the word homeless because when I think about homelessness, I think of chronic homelessness, people who have spent weeks, months, years living on the street. And I don't want to diminish how serious how tragic that is and how how important it is for us to resolve that so i don't want to call what i was homeless not because i'm ashamed of it because i think by uk standards technically i would be considered homeless um but i also don't want to paint a picture that makes light of the fact that i was still very very fortunate in my homelessness I quit a job in the early 2000s that I'd worked for a few years with pretty much no money. I had 300 pounds, which is about $450 to my name at the time. Everything else I had used was to buy the ticket to come to the United Kingdom. And I arrived in a city called Birmingham, not knowing a single person, not, having, not knowing where I was going to live, and it did take me a while to figure out how I was going to find someone to live, pay for rent, pay for food. So my first few nights in Birmingham were interesting, to put it very, very lightly. I never slept on the street, but I did have to, I did take advantage of um, some very an interesting landlord options which resulted in me spending some a night in a hotel and having to be shuffled short notice because um, some co-tenants in that building were being very abusive and aggressive. So I stayed with some newly made friends. It really was a bit all over the place my first few months in Birmingham. And full, full, full note here, I love Birmingham, the UK. It's a city that I, I that will always have a place in my heart because I really felt that I was able to re, rebirth myself, become in a way reborn in that city, even with the rough beginning and even with the, the physical harm that was threatened against me, having lived in some of the accommodations I had to, I had to live in. So I eventually did find a job. It took about six weeks of applying to every single job I could find in the city, every single supermarket job, every single retail job, every call center job, you know, even some proper sophisticated jobs that were fitting for someone with a first uh, cum laude, first degree, and five years leadership and management experience. But the reality was, I was, I was told that I sounded too American, and it was around the time of the, of the Gulf War in the 2000s, and the British weren't going to hire an American. Plus, I hadn't worked in the UK, so all my work experience didn't count. And finally, you know, 
a lot of my people, my friends of color said, you know, Birmingham just isn't a city that at that time really knew what to do with graduates who were people of color, unless I wanted to work in the public sector, which I did not want to, but I still applied for jobs in the public sector anyway. And I, did, I didn't get called back for really anything except for a call center job, which I did for a little while. But it was, what I learned from that space of really being for probably the second time in my life, and this is probably um, the rock, this is probably the second time I've been this, this financially desperate, for lack of a better word, or this financially insecure, but really career-wise, it was close to rock bottom um, that I really thought, I, I would just never thought in my mid-twenties this was where I would be, really having to go into a charity shop run by a church and having them have to give me clothes because I couldn't even afford to buy clothes from a thrift shop. But what did I learn in that spirit, in that space, in that time? Because fast forward a few decades later, and I'm a chief operating officer on the UK director of operations of one of the largest engineering companies in the UK and one of the most senior women and women of, and persons of color in construction and engineering in the United Kingdom. So I, things did kind of turn out okay in the end. But what did I learn from that? Looking back at that time, having been in that, that space, that very dark space for me in terms of my career, I learned that I had, to, I had to be strong enough, that there was no one that was going to save me. I had this fantasy back then that I'd meet this really cool and dashing dude. He was an American in my mind and that he would just fall in love with me and I'd live in his amazing penthouse apartment in central Birmingham and he'd cover all my bills while I figured out how to get that job at McKinsey or Bain or Microsoft or Google. You know, I'd figure that all out, but I'd have my, my basic needs covered. That was like a fantasy I had. Now I never met that person. I still haven't met that person. Um, <laughs> and I, but I did recognize that for me, you know, to pay my rent, I had to, I had to work. I had to show up at work. I had to show up in a job where I felt I was grossly overqualified for. And to give a bit of a con some context, my, my team leader didn't have a university degree. The manager didn't have a university degree. And I believe even the person managing her did not. But the general manager did. He did have a degree, I think. And I remember once telling them I was, I was doing night classes to, to do a master's. And she, one of the, the team leaders said, wow, that's something she, I've got no interest in that, Jimmy. None at all. You know, better you than me. And that was as far as we ever talked about any kind of education conversation. Um, but it was, it was, um, it taught me that I, it, it just had to be me and, and my higher power, God. For you, it might be the universe or whomever. But I, I had to really, I had to rely on myself. And I just did the work and I kept on applying. And this came to my second, the second thing I learned was, you know, keep coming back, keep showing up. Don't stop trying. I kept on applying for every and any kind of job I could. I had a horrible resume, which I discovered almost a year later was just terrible. 
but I just kept on. I applied for public sector roles that I that I thought were interesting. You know, customized cover letter, customer, you know, getting my CV tailored as best as I could to the roles. And what I mean CV, I mean resume in the United in in the United States is resume in parts of Europe we call them curriculum dictate or CV. And I just kept on applying for almost every opportunity that I felt I was a fit for. And, you know, the rejections were not too painful because most companies just did not respond. I even applied to a company called PA Consulting. A friend of mine got me the reference and um, the guy was like, he just felt he had no, there was nothing he could do to help me. Even though he was a senior person, he just didn't feel I had any kind of useful potential. I went to a head, a really consultant headhunter. They were like, could not help me now. And, but I kept on knocking and eventually I did get my foot in the door and I got my foot in the door at amazon.co.uk. And I will say that, you know, Amazon has had a lot of bad press and a lot of the stuff they're saying, I, having worked there over 10 years ago, I can't say I'm surprised about all the bad press. I don't know if it's true or not, but I honestly cannot say that I am surprised. But I would say this to their eternal credit, to the eternal credit for Amazon.co.uk is that they, they gave me an opportunity to shine where nobody else would. And I did shine and I, and I learned a lot working in Amazon and I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity to step up and to really see that I am good and I'm competent. The third thing I learned from that dark time was that there is no mistake you can't come back from. Or I'm yet to, to I'm yet to find a mistake that I haven't been able to, to come back from. I worked for a few years, it was about four or five years for a company before I came to Birmingham and came to nothing. So having worked all that time and to have only $450 to my name, I made a bad choice with that job. It was a great job. I, I went to China. Um, with that employer, I managed a team of you know 20, 30 people. We built, I, I led like construct, I supported on construction projects. There's a lot of things that I probably learned from that, but I probably could have learned those things working somewhere else. I paid a big price emotionally because I was in a place where I wasn't really respected in that company, and they really just didn't see the need to pay me highly. And I didn't know my own value. I didn't know my own worth. I, I stayed there because I felt I had no choice. I had the mindset block that I didn't have a choice. I just could not leave. Now, I couldn't afford to leave. That was a different issue. But I just could not think that I could actually leave that space. And I say this because I think a lot of us make bad decisions. And... You only think they're bad because of the perspective you have. But you made, you made a suboptimal decision that you think has ruined your entire career. And I do want to just encourage you that you probably can come back from it. It, may, it will take work. It may take reversing like I did, reversing for a while before you can drive forward. But you can come back from it. And I'm really keen that you don't just don't buy into that notion that, that you're stuck, that you just cannot get out of that. And the fourth and final thing I, I'm going to share with you that I learned from my time in that, that dark spot was, no, I do need help from other people. That goes against, you might be thinking my first point that, you know what, you know, no one's going to rescue me. But the fourth point is that 
the help I did get was help in just making it through every day. Having uh, um, the pastor who ran the charity shop who let me take a skirt that cost one, two dollars, two pounds because she knew that I didn't have even that money at that time to, to pay for that. Um, my friend who let me stay, sleep on her couch when I had a the violent confrontation with the people that I was sharing a house with. Uh, another friend who opened up her home to me to have dinner when I felt I needed to get away from just how things were, when I needed um, somewhere to go on holiday and I couldn't travel anywhere. I could just go and spend three or four days on her couch with her family and just be there with them. And that did help me through what, what, would, have, what would have been a dark time. And I will say about Birmingham, um, that the friends I had in that time, in my year and a half in that city, made it actually one of the brightest spots in my life because I've never really felt the kind of love I had when I was with that community. And I say this because we often, even when we're going through a hard time, we, we fail to see the shoots, the, the, these shoots of hope that the universe or God um, or life or whoever puts in our path to help us through the tough times. I have found that I am eternally, I am also eternally grateful for them. So I want to end with this by saying that you may be going through a lot right now in your career. And I'm telling a story of my mid twenties. Um, maybe I will share the story of what happened, the dark spots of my thirties and the dark spots of my forties, because there've been quite a few dark spots, but this one was critical because I think in that dark spot, in that situation, I really felt I was reborn. And the, the Fola you see now, you know, wouldn't have existed had she not gone through that. So I want to encourage you, if you're going through something that's just really crazy right now, I believe you can get through it. You may need some help just being able to show up every day, but you are strong enough. You have what it takes to get through it. And I'm here to help you. So the next step, if you would like some help, you'd like to talk to me, the next step would be send me a message um, and let me see how I can help you. But use the group, comment, share your own stories about what you're going through. I would love to hear from you. Take care.